This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. I'm very honored to be able to to share with you this morning what God's put on my heart for you uh, this morning. Um, I get to speak about passion for God. And throughout the month, we're going to be talking about our core values as a church, as the sanctuary, um, the sanctuary LA. We're going to be talking about our core values. What makes us who we are? What has God called us to do? Um, Because as part of this family, as part of this church, we want you to understand this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is what we do. This is what we feel God has called us to do as a church. And for people to get involved in this church, it's important that you understand what we're about because people connect to um, vision. They connect to um, um, people going somewhere. And we believe that God's placed us here for a reason and for a purpose. And this is what he's called us to. So this morning, um, one of our core values um, as a church is passion for God. And... um, If you turn in your Bibles to John 6, verse 35, um, as you turn there, I will just open in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share your heart um, with your people. I thank you, Lord, for the honor of standing here and being a mouthpiece. I pray that you use me for your glory. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth would honor you, would glorify you, and that truth would reign in this place. And the Holy Spirit would speak to hearts to transform lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, John 6, 35, we'll read that. Um, Hang on. I guess I don't have to turn in my Bible because it's actually on the screen. Um, John 6, 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And my first point is, um, in terms of what will ignite, I'm going to talk about some of the things that will ignite your passion for God. What are the things that will stoke the fire in your heart? What are some of the things that will sustain your passion for God? And the first point is insatiable hunger. So um, John 6.35, it says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never um, thirst. Um, Passion is defined as any powerful or compelling emotion or feeling. And what I find fascinating about that is that um, the word emotions. Emotions are fleeting. Emotions change. They fluctuate. Every day you could be feeling something different. That's why we're spirit-led people and not emotion-led people. Because if we were emotion-led people, we'd all be a little crazy. um, And we would grow in the things of God. But... um, What's so interesting about the word passion and the use of the word emotions is that just as emotions are fleeting, your passion can become fleeting as well if you're not careful and if you're not um, committed and dedicated to pursuing God. Because it's very easy um, to kind of sit back and let things happen. You can reach a certain level of understanding, a certain level of revelation or breakthrough in certain areas of your life. And you think, okay, you're like, I'm good. I can sit pretty for a while, but the work is never complete. (laughs) We are works in progress. We are constantly growing in our faith. We're constantly growing in our relationship with the Lord. We are not perfect, 
Jesus is. He lives in us and we're growing in perfection, but it's not completed yet. And what is so important um, in terms of, of maintaining your passion for God and that insatiable hunger is that um, you have to be able to feed on the things that are going to sustain you. And insatiable, I talk about insatiable hunger, and the definition of insatiable is it's not satisfied, not appeased. That's what it means. And it's almost contrary to what we just read about Jesus being the bread of life. And if you um, eat, you will never grow hungry. If you drink, you'll never, or whatever it says, you know, it'll come back up. But um, it's not contrary, because what he's speaking about there is... Um, the hunger that he is going to satisfy is the hunger for things that are not of him. So think about pre-Jesus and, and um, pre-Christ, before Jesus, BC, I don't know, all kinds of terms in terms of before you met Jesus. Um, and the things you used to fill that hunger, the things you did to, to fill those voids, those empty places. And what he's talking about here is when you feed on me, You'll never hunger. I am here to fill those areas of your life that, were miss that you felt were missing. The areas of your life that, that you filled with other things that were not of me. That is what he's talking about. That is the area that you will never hunger. When you're in your pursuit for Jesus, in your pursuit, and you're living your life for the Lord in terms of passion for God, I want my passion for Jesus, my passion for God to be insatiable. I want more of Jesus but I want him to fill the areas of my life so I don't hunger for the things that are not of him. Does that make sense? I wanna be able to be passionate. So what that means is I want more. Insatiable hunger, I want more of Jesus. The more I know him, the more I want him. The more time I spend with him, the more time I see his character, the more I wanna be like him. That is insatiable hunger. It's never satisfied. The more I know him, the more I want more of him. That is the insatiable hunger I'm talking about. I'm not talking about things and things that, that will fulfill a momentary need. Those are the things that he's saying, I'm the bread of life. You come to me. I will meet every need. I will meet every, every desire. I will clean every blemish. I will quench your thirst. I will be there where you need me to be there. That is him saying, I am the bread of life. Eat of me. Feed on me. And as you're doing that, your hunger for him grows. Your passion for him grows. And um, I remember um, when I was a little younger, I say a little younger, I don't know how old I was. I was, must have been a teenager sometime in high school. Um, I had a desire um, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking in tongues. And I was that person, some of you may have heard this before, but I was that person, whenever they had an altar call, I was at the altar. That was me. I was like, I want to be filled, Jesus, fill me. And every time I was up there, and I remember people would say things. They're like, you're always at the altar. I said, yes, I am, because I know what I want, and I'm going to get it. And I'm determined to go up there every single time to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I was like, I had a hunger an insatiable hunger for that. I wanted it. And it's so ironic because sometimes the way you think you're going to get it is not the way God deposits it into you. Because it happened years later 
I was at a retreat or a conference or something, and I was sitting in my seat, and they asked everybody, is there anyone in here who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You want to speak in tongues? I was like, me. And I was expecting them to call everyone up to the front, but they didn't. They just prayed for everybody in their seats. And it was in that moment that I started to speak in tongues. And the desire never left. What I expected, it wasn't necessarily how it came. But I say that because I'm talking about passion for God and an insatiable hunger for God. I was determined. I said, Lord, I want this. I know it's a gift and I want to experience this gift. I want to access this. And I was passionate about it. I was pursuing it. That is our hunger for God. That is passion for God. That is, I want to sit in your presence, Lord. I want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to be like you. I want to be transformed by you. I want to be everything you want me to be. And if I have to spend every free second talking to Jesus, I will. Anyone who knows us knows that we have two little ones, um, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So that basically means that you never sleep. You don't get to eat your own food. Um, you, you, your bed is no longer your own. Um, and you just, you're up early, go to bed late, and it's just life. And so in those moments, in this, change, in this season of life that we're in, um, I don't get the, the hour by myself that I used to get to spend time with Jesus. My spending time with Jesus is in the shower when they can't invade. And even then, they'll still pop their heads in and I'm like, it's mama time, go outside, give me some time. Shower, in the car, in the kitchen. In every moment, I have a free moment. Anyone who knows me, if I'm sitting down, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm standing up, I say, thank you, Jesus. I wake up in the morning, I say, thank you, Lord, that I am alive. I invite you into my day, Lord. Whatever that looks like, whatever it is, you, I want you there. I want you in the middle of it. And I want to encourage you to that depending on what season of life you're in, everyone's in a different season. Don't compare your life to someone else's because your journey is different from everybody else's. So the time that you have, the experience you have with the Lord is very specific to you. And you get to craft those, those things in your life. You get to be the one who determines what your life looks like in terms of spending time with the Lord. I can't look at somebody who has kids who are grown and they're empty nesters and they just have all the time in the world to do whatever they want. I can't look at their lives and say, I wish, I wish that were me. I got to say, Jesus, I'm in this season right now and I want you in every single moment that I have. And I'm going to acknowledge you in every single moment that my brain feels like it's free enough to acknowledge you. I will take it. Wherever I can take it, I'm going to take it. That is insatiable hunger. So for you, what does that look like? What does your life look like? And where are you acknowledging him where you can acknowledge him at work? I remember walking into the office. Um, now it's a little different. I walk into my store. Before I walk into the store, I always say, Lord, I thank you that I am a blessing to this company. I thank you, Lord, that when I walk in these, through these doors, that there's increase and there's favor 
coming to this company because I want to be a blessing to them as much as they are a blessing to me. They're providing me with employment. So I'm thankful for that. And I thank the Lord that he provided this opportunity. So I say, Lord, I invite you into my workplace. Whatever that looks like today, you would be amazed at the conversations I've had with people about Jesus who who are very surprised to find out that we pastor a church. I don't know why that's surprising. Um, and the fact that, um, like, I told one of these um, young guys how old I was, and he's like, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I haven't been your age for about 15 years. <laughs> and it's so, it's such an awesome opportunity to be able to share about Jesus in those situations because the passion of God comes out of me. I can't help but, but leak Jesus. Like, I can't help but spout out Jesus. I had one person say to me at work, you're always, you're always happy. I was like, really? Well, praise the Lord. You should talk to my husband. He might tell you something contrary. And she kept trying to give me a compliment. And I kept like rebutting it with something. And I had to think about it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. That wasn't a good testimony because she's here trying to tell me that the light of Jesus is shining through. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't know what you're talking about. But it's Jesus coming out because I invite him in. And I want to challenge you. Where are you expressing that insatiable hunger? Where is it coming? Is Jesus oozing out of you? at every opportunity? Are you inviting him in at every opportunity? It doesn't look the same for everyone, but you can find a moment in your day where you can acknowledge him and say, Jesus, I invite you into this moment. I'm going into this meeting. I invite you into this moment. I have to reprimand my children. I invite you into this moment, Lord. I have to tell my children sometimes when they frustrate me and I'm at my limit, I have to look at them and say, I love you from the bottom of my heart. Because in the moment, it doesn't feel like I love them, but I have to speak that I love them. So the right things come out of my mouth. The right actions happen as a result of speaking life. Amen? Amen. You guys still there? All right. Um, and I want to talk about something too. I'm going to talk about what will ignite passion, but also the things, the opposite of that. What is going to suck the passion out of you? And one of those things is an undernourished soul, undernourished spirit. That's the opposite of an insatiable hunger. And when you're not feeding yourself with the word, when you're not feeding yourself with the presence of God, you will shrivel up. Like there, without food we can't survive. Without sustenance, we don't survive. Without the word of God, our spirit cannot survive. You have got to get into the word. You have got to get into the presence of God. You have got to maintain something in your heart and in your spirit for the things of God. There has to be something that's set apart for the things of God. Has to. It's non-negotiable if you want to grow if you don't want to become malnourished, if you don't want to become undernourished, you have to feed on the bread of life. You have to feed on Jesus. You have to feed on him and who he is. You have to sit in the presence of God. Invite the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. That's what the word says he'll do. He'll guide you into all truth. So invite him to do that. We have to remember that we have to trust him and believe that what he says he's going to do, he will do. 
that when he says that the, that the spirit of God is going to guide you into all truth, when I open my Bible, I say, Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is guiding me into all truth because I don't always understand everything I'm reading. But the Spirit is going to open my eyes so I can. He's going to open my ears so I can hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So it's so important to feed yourself so you don't become malnourished. So you don't hunger for things. Because when you start to hunger and it's not for the things of God, you will hunger and you will eat of things that are not of God. And that will only sustain you for a short period of time because it's not meant to sustain you. Only Jesus can sustain. Only Jesus can maintain. You're not going to get that from anything else, from anyone else. So I just want to encourage you, get that insatiable hunger. Don't become that malnourished Christian that doesn't have anything to give anybody. You know what I mean? Amen. Everybody there still? Good, good, good. Um, Second point, what will ignite your passion for God? It's two, the applied word. So we just kind of talked about this. Um, Let's turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Trying to see if I can beat the screen. James, Hebrews, James. James is after Hebrews. 1 verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I really like those verses. I really do. Um, and I kind of touched on this, but we should not and ca- cannot just read the word. There has to be an application of what you're reading. Has to be. That's where the transformation comes. So we're moving forward here. As you continue to grow, yes, the first step, every Christian, basic, Read your Bible. That is a basic thing. When you get saved, the first thing we tell you is read your Bible. Get into your word. But if you want to grow, you have to apply the word. The word, this is not just a book of words. It's a book of truth and transforming truth. So when this word is applied to your life, it, ought, it starts to do something. And we've, you've heard me say this, that the word has creative power, that Jesus is the living word. So Jesus is inside of you. He is alive inside of you. He is the actual word, like in the flesh. John 1 talks about the word becoming, and the word became flesh, came to earth. So Jesus is inside of you. He's the living word, and we want the word to be applied to our lives. How can you have Jesus living in you? You're reading the word, and your life is not changing. That's a contradiction. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Because if he's in you and you're applying this word, the living word is inside of you. You're reading it, you're taking it in, you're meditating on it, and the corresponding action is a reflection of it. That is transformation. That is what maintains passion for God. Because as you continue to grow, you're like, okay, Lord, you're doing something here. I want more. What's next? What's around the corner? The word, it's what it's going to do. 
It's going to deal with some of the issues, but it's also going to build you up at the same time. It's, it's like a two-edged sword here where it goes in and it cuts things out, but also replaces it with life, with truth, where it's going to bloom. Because this word is alive, that means there's something coming out of it. There's fruit, there's life, there's truth, there's, there's um, something that comes out of it that is not only going to transform your life, but it's going to bear fruit in you so you're able to give some of this fruit to some other people. You're going to have enough to give. That is how you maintain passion. That is how you continue to ignite passion, the applied word of God. Not just the reading of the word, but the applying of the word. James talks about, um, um, we just read it here. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like someone looking in the mirror. It's like you look in the mirror and you turn around, you forget what you look like. You're like, I don't know what I look like. Let me just go back and look again. Oh, I don't know what I look like. Let me just go back and look again. You take it and apply it. You take it and you put it on your life so it does things. You take it so your life becomes seasoned so people want a taste of what's going on in your life. People want a piece of what's going on in your life because they see the fruit. That is a witness and a testimony. They see the fruit of the applied word in your life. I remember when I met um, my husband and we were trying to decide if we were going to move forward. Well, I was trying to decide if we were going to move forward or not. And uh, um, in my workplace at the time, I had um, a couple ladies who um, didn't know the Lord, um, but we were good friends. And um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to fast for a season um, just to kind of sort some things out, remove some of the emotional stuff and just kind of be like, okay, Lord, let me hear your voice clearly about this man. See if he's going to do, if he's really supposed to be a part of my life. As you can see, he is. <laughs> um, and I remember my coworker um, asking me, uh, she's like, well, what are you doing? Because I was fasting. And it's not like I went out and broadcasted it. Like, oh, I'm on a fast because I don't know if this man is the man I'm supposed to marry and I need to hear from Jesus. No, but she saw my life. She saw that I was taking the word and the Lord gave me scriptures based on every single question I had about that season. I wrote down those questions. I said, Lord, what about this? 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 He answered every single one of them with his word. Every single, I have it in my journal. Like I, I won't show you my journal, but I could show you where he answered every question. And because of that, look, I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm talking about fruit here of the applied word of God. I am in Southern California, pastoring a church with two children. I never in my life pictured this. Never. This was not even a dream. Like, never. And this is, this is fruit. I can only say that this is the Lord. Because I took his word and said, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that the word that you gave me is going to bear fruit. The word that you put inside of my heart regarding the concerns of my heart, it's going to bear fruit. Because this is, this is living. It has to bear fruit. 
it has to, something has to come out of this. When the Lord gives you a word and he deposits it into your heart, it has to bear fruit. That is how this maintains passion for God because I know nobody can tell me that God does not, is that God is not faithful to his word. Nobody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your life has been like. I know from personal experience that this applied word of God bears fruit because I've lived it, I've seen it, and now I get to tell people about it, that his word, his applied word, not just reading it. I could have read, I, I knew, even the verses he gave me, I knew those verses. But in that situation, it was an application of truth to a situation that transformed my life. That is what the applied word does. You can't just read it. You got to take it and put it into action. You got to take it and apply it. You got to read it, do it, and be it. You got to read the word, do the word, and then be the word so people can see it because that is a testimony of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Nobody can tell me that God is not faithful. Nobody. Nobody. And I say that with conviction because I've experienced it myself. And what's so cool is that at the end of this, um, it says, but he who looks, verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. He who continues in it is not forgetful. So you don't hear the word and then forget it tomorrow or two years from now or whenever. You actually do it. You do it put it into action, this one will be blessed in what he does, he or she does. You will be blessed. There's a blessing attached to applying the word of God. There's a blessing. There's fruit, a blessing attached to the applied word of God. I love it. I love it because God is so good. He's like, here it is for you. Take it. Apply it. And see what I'm going to do. Watch me work on your behalf. I love it. Gets me excited because I love talking about how good God is. The opposite to that is unapplied truth. This will kill passion for God. When you're reading it and you just read it, it's just another book. You just read it. And you're like, yeah, I read like 500 verses today. It's like, okay, good for you. So what, what can you tell me? What can you tell me? And you have nothing to say. And sometimes it is like that where you read it and you're like, Lord, I'm struggling. Help me out, please, Jesus. But there's always truth to, to get out of the word. There's always a, a snippet. There's always some sort of nugget that you can get out of the word of God, the unapplied truth will kill passion. Because if you're continuing to live the word, live, live your lives and not apply it to your life, it's like knowing, knowing what you're supposed to do right and not doing it is sin. 
You know what I mean? And that's not just me saying that. That's actually in the Bible. I don't know where the reference is right now, but I know that's in the Bible. Knowing the right thing to do and not doing it is sin. And that will kill your passion for God if you're living in this state. You got you to gotta move past that. You got to apply the word of God. I know it's kind of like a sobering word this morning. Everybody's quiet. But I'm talking about maintaining your passion for God. Passion for God requires that you set some things in order. It requires that you're disciplined about some things. It's going to require you to do something. That is what is going to sustain and maintain your passion for God. Because there are always going to be things that are going to sway you. There's always going to be things that are going to come into your life to distract you. To, to cause you to look this way. Like I just talked about my kids. I love them. They're wonderful distractions. They're beautiful. I can't tell you how many times I've actually gotten them food, got them situated, sat down on the couch. And they're like, Mama, can I get this? And I'm like, no. I just sat down. <laughs> I want to read my Bible. Let me read my Bible every two seconds. Mama, mama, mama. It's like that commercial um, where he's like, mom, mom, mama, mom, ma. Yeah, just this constant mama, mama, mama. That's all you hear, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> I have to make, make the effort. I have to purpose to get it, to get it in. I have to, and I have to apply it. I remember, um, I don't know how much time I have, but I remember, um, I have one more point after this. I'll tell you the story, I have one more point, and then I might have another story. Um, but when I was uh, in college, there was one summer, and some of you may have heard this story, there's one summer where, I don't know what possessed us to do this, but our youth group decided to have early morning prayer for the summer at six o'clock at the church for the whole summer. And you're like, I'm not in school, and <laughs> I'm getting up at six to go to the church. Actually, I had to be at the church for six for prayer. And um, my cousins and I, uh, we, live, we all lived together at the time. And we committed to do this. We're like, we're going to do it. And thank God for accountability and people who will help you out. Because trying to get up that time of the morning. Like we would be navigating people's schedules. Okay, so you're going to work today. We'll go to prayer. We'll drop you to work. Then we'll go to this person's work. And then we'll come home. Then we'll come back and get you. Like it was, it was massive scheduling. But anyway... Um, and we're talking about the applied word and how it maintains passion for God. Um, we would get up at 6 a.m. every day. And um, at first, everyone's kind of tired. So you're just kind of sitting there, relying on the other people who are early birds like to pray. So it gets you kind of going. <laughs> and we had some adults come too who were supportive of the youth group and kind of helped us kind of stir things up. But we went there every day. And eventually your body gets used to it and eventually you come prepared and ready. And um, what I didn't know was that the Lord was going to start to deal with some things in my heart. And um, one morning we were praying and we started praying about unforgiveness and forgiveness. And um, I was like, I'm good. Until someone started to say something, they were praying and someone started to pray something and I could feel 
in my heart. Like, it's amazing. When you talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness, you start to picture people in your minds. That means there's something you got to deal with. And pictures came to my mind. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not going up there because they made a call. They're like, if anyone has to deal with this, come up to the front. We're going to pray for it. And I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> you know that moment you have with the Lord where you're sitting there and you're like, no, I'm not going to go. I don't want to go. Let somebody else go. And there are other people who are going up there. And I sat there and battled for a few minutes. And finally, I was like, fine, I'll just go up. Didn't know that this was going to be the session it was, but um, turned out that I needed some freedom from some things. And um, breakthrough happened in that moment. Someone spoke a word, and um, it just broke things open in the atmosphere. And um, even for me, being submitted to that, it broke things open in my own life. I was able to re release those people. I was able to forgive those people. And I didn't even know I was harboring that much um, anger and hurt. And I say this because these, these moments I'm sharing with you are very defining moments for me in my life and my walk with the Lord. Um, and not even like the next day or the day after. Um, we were in prayer again. And I remember sitting in my seat. The Lord is, he, he's funny. But anyway, I remember sitting in my seat and I had an impression that there was a scripture that I needed to read. And I was like, no, 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 somebody else will read it. Like, if it's about the word and the Lord wants you to do something with it, it's probably Jesus. It's probably not the devil. So just go ahead and do it. Don't have that internal dialogue in your mind. Like, no, I don't want to do it. But um, I remember sitting there. I was like, no, somebody else can go and pray. I want to sit in my seat and just, just meditate with you, Jesus. But the Lord had other plans. So I said, okay, fine. I'll just go up there, take my Bible and read the scripture and go back and sit down. I opened my mouth <laughs> to read the scripture and it started to flow out of me. Like, it was a scripture, one of my favorites, and I say I have, it's my favorite, but I have a lot of favorites, but it's Deuteronomy 28 and it talks about the blessings of God. And I had been reading it for some time, but what I didn't know is that it was already in my spirit. So when I opened my mouth, it just came out. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was definitely um, the Holy Spirit was doing something in that moment. And it came out, the, the word came out, um, then I prayed, that came out under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And... Um, after several people came up to me and they were like I needed to hear that today and I was like stop lying no you didn't they're like yes I needed to hear that today and I'm I'm talking about this because it's about the applied word when the word is applied and you submit to the truth of the word and it begins a work in you you become a vessel. When those things are uprooted, you become a vessel for the Holy Spirit to deposit some things in you so you can then release those things to others. Because remember, everything you're doing, every, every part of your journey with the Lord is not just for you. 
Yes, the Lord wants to see you set free. Yes, he wants to see you living in victory. Yes, he wants the fullness of his blessings in your life. But why does he want those things? So then you can go and reach others. So then you can tell people, this is what Jesus did for me. He did it for me, he'll do it for you. He's not any respecter of persons. He doesn't like me more than he likes you. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. And what he did for me, he can do for you. And this leads into my final point. Um, what will ignite your passion for God? An expressed faith. Expressed faith is sustained faith. You cannot um, live a life of faith and be quiet about it. Because when Jesus starts to do stuff in your life, you can't help but tell people. You cannot help but open your mouth and say, Jesus set me free from this. This is what he did. You remember how I was before? And you see me now? That was Jesus. It wasn't me. Because there's no way I could get from there to here without Jesus. Faith speaks. Faith speaks in your actions. It speaks in your words. It speaks in your thoughts. It speaks. So what is coming out of you? Are you speaking faith? in your actions? Are you speaking faith in your words? What are your thoughts? Is faith speaking in your mind? As believers, we have the mind of Christ. We're renewed in our minds. We're going through a constant transformation, a constant growing, a constant developing. You cannot be a believer and not express your faith. Your expressed faith will not only build faith in others, but it'll build faith in you. When people see what God is doing in you, they want a piece of it. When they see what God is capable of, they want a piece of it. And how does that maintain passion? When I think about what God has done in my life, it makes me want him more. He has a good track record. So why am I going to walk away from somebody who is faithfully like transforming my life for the better? How can I stand here and talk to you about the goodness and faithfulness of God without having my own personal experience with him? I've served the Lord for a long time, for a very long time, from a little girl. My dad led me to the Lord. Um, I remember the moment he led me to the Lord. And from that moment, my life has been a series of, of, of uh, decisions, some made by me, some not made by me. But I've seen the hand of the Lord in my life. I've seen it. And the only way I can be here today doing what I'm doing is because every day my faith continues to grow. Every day I have an opportunity 
to express my faith, toward, well, whether it's toward my husband, toward random people we're going to meet, my coworkers, anybody. Revelations 12, 11, it says, and they overcame him. I'm not going to read the whole verse, but and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is the fruit of your passion for the Lord. Faith speaks. It's going to come out of you. You're passionate, but you can only hold your tongue so long if you're passionate about Jesus. Think about how many times I've mentioned my kids up here today. I obviously love my kids, but I love Jesus more. <laughs> and I'm sure they're thankful for that. <laughs> but that's how much I love him. And every day my prayer is that, Lord, every day I pray that my faith speaks to the people I encounter. That every day my life is a testimony of what Jesus has done. Expressed faith is sustained faith. Because it's building, continually building faith in me. So then it fuels that desire. It fuels that hunger. Which then propels me to Jesus. Which then, wanting more of Jesus, I'm like, well, I need to read the word to know who he is. Know what he was about. To learn. To become like him. Then it becomes an application in my life. And then it bears fruit in my life. And then becomes a testimony in my life. You see how it's all connected? That is how you maintain and sustain passion for God. One last thing. Um, when you don't express your faith, and I didn't read the scripture um, that goes with the express faith. It's Matthew 10, 1. Um, it's the one where Jesus sends them out. And he's like, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. If I've ever prayed for you, you've heard me pray this. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And part of my testimony is that he's given me power over unclean spirits. I will not bow to the devil in any area of my life. I will not give him access in my life. He has none. Unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Expressed faith. Faith speaks in action. You see the sick, you pray for them. You see the wounded, you pray for them. Why? He's given me power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and to heal all kinds of disease. That is the fruit of the, the applied word of God. That's my expressed faith. I can't think of, I mean, there have been a number of times and I'm getting ready to close. There have been a number of times where I feel like I may have had a missed opportunity. I'll be with my husband and I'm like, 
I should have said something. I felt something for this person and I should have said something. And we walk away and you're like, you know that feeling, it's just not a good feeling. <laughs> it's just not a good feeling. Because at most, if you approach someone and say, can I pray with you, at, most, at worst, they're gonna say no. It's like, all right, are you sure? Because I've got a little something for you. But if you don't want it, that's okay. But at, at worst, they can say no. But at least you took that step of faith. Because when you take the step of faith, it's the first step. And then when you start doing stuff like that, that's what draws people in. That's what brings people into the house. It's your expressed faith. It's something coming out of you. That's Jesus. It's Jesus oozing out of you in every area of your life. So I'm going to get ready to close. If you guys want to stand with me. Um, we're talking about passion for God. How to maintain and sustain passion for God. I love Jesus more today than I ever have. And my prayer is that I continue to love him more until the day I die. I want people to know, know me for the fact that I love Jesus. If there's anything they know me for, is that I was a lover of God, a lover of Jesus, passionate for the things of God. I want people to be able to say when I leave a room, there's something different about her. And for me to be able to say, you know what? It's not me, it's Jesus. Do you want to meet him? So just, just raise your hands for a moment. I'm just going to pray over you. Want my husband to come back up. Lord, I thank you. <clears throat> um, that you're faithful to complete the work that you've started in us. And I just pray, Father, that this word that went out today, I just pray, Lord, that it's that it's a word that, that works in people's lives, that it's a word that, um, that goes forth and bears fruit in people's lives. I pray, Father, that this isn't just a momentary thing. This just isn't something that, that's taking place in a service. But, Lord, there's something that we will carry out of here. There's something that we will take out of here. And I pray, Father, that you will ignite, reignite passion for you, passion for the things of God, that you will stoke the fire in people's lives, that you will stoke the fire, that you will stir things up in people's lives, that you will revive and refresh in areas where we've become um, complacent. I pray, Lord, that by your spirit, that only by your spirit, that you light the fire, that you fill us up to overflowing with more of you, with a desire for more of you, for more of your presence. I pray, Lord, that there isn't one person in this place today that will leave here without experiencing the presence of God, the fire of God. 
I thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.